So uh, Kojima got stung by 10 bees oh, all yeah. at once one time. <laughs> and uh, the pain makes a lot more sense now. Yo, this is Vector. Hey everyone, this is Days Ahead. And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima Frequency. No, I'm, I'm liking <laughs> these uh, Hideo musings. They're, they're kind of neat. Oh, I appreciate God. that he's putting them out. No, it just... reminds me of Hideo Blog. Yeah. Hideo Blog. I mean, it, it could be Kojima, it could be anybody, but just the thought of like your college job. Getting stung by bees, like, just the, the mental imagery, I don't know. I don't follow him, so I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Oh, man, you're missing out. He fell out of no, a I'm tree uh, after drinking beer. It's <laughs> good stuff. And then he got stung by 10 bees. Yeah. I was his right. job during college before... Uh, to, to hang out in trees and drink beer? He worked at a garden, and I just picture him getting stung <laughs> by bees and being like, when I start making movies... <laughs> These bees are right. gonna regret crossing me. <laughs> that was that was his uh his first project was gonna be the bees and it was gonna be a, a play on the birds by Alfred Hitchcock. I'd watch that movie. He occasionally brings up that he used to make a lot of like student films, and I would really like to see those. Like, I'm curious what you know high school Kojima would be like as a creator. I mean, when we're in high school, we're all terrible as creatives because we're still figuring stuff out right but it's also like a lot more honest so i'm just kind of curious like what sort of things he would have made back then see i'm worried it'll be like like a kurt cobain's high school film situation where people will take his like just dumbass teen musings and and try to extrapolate some type of creative meaning out of it hmm do you think it would be like seth mcfarlane high school movies where he's just instead of doing like mock-up episodes of Star Trek. He's, like, making knockoff John Carpenter movies. <laughs> yeah. Now, that's that's going way too far back, though, so that wouldn't that wouldn't be what it is. But. I bet they must have been all lost in a fire or something, or tapes very, got corrupted. or A very yeah, convenient no, fire. Right. I'm sure there's no evidence that any of this exists, just like the... I remember reading his Wikipedia article when I was way young, and it said he had written 10 novels by the time he was 12 or something. It was one of those, um, like, it seemed like a propaganda piece, like uh, like Kim Jong-un invented the hamburger or some shit. God, I'd love to write one novel. <laughs> it sounds like, uh, like a cult leader writing right. his manifestos. Yeah, have you heard the legend that, you know, when, when Kim Jong-un was five years old, he shot an AK-47 10 times and, and, you know, from 300 yards and they were all a bullseye. That's like, this is, this is in the, the history textbook of North Korea. So. I don't know a lot about North Korea, but I did see a video once about a pizza parlor in one of their taller hotels. And. Okay. I was personally offended by how poorly they made that pizza. <laughs> was it worse than the BBC making rice? <laughs> I have not seen that, but that sounds amazing. It's so bad. <laughs> but um, that's neither here nor there. Any uh, codec moments from you guys? Well, we do have a lot of questions. Okay. A whole lot All of right. questions. We could talk really quick about the uh, Hideo Musings where he talked about, uh, he did uh, mention Luca Marinelli as uh, Solid Snake. 
Right. It's like a guy that he had, uh, he said he caught my eye after watching The Old Guard and Martin Eden. Imagine being that guy right, right. now. <laughs> I don't see it. Oh, man. I don't see it. Uh, somebody threw a bandana on him. Was did did you retweet that nitroid? Jose Molinas uh, did. Uh, and a couple oh. other people did. Yeah, but right. I, I can kind of see I did, it with but... like just that description of him having like the sunken in kind of eyes and the uh, the whole Christopher Walken type mix. Yeah, you know, if you describe his features on on paper, they do align with snakes. But when you actually see the person, I'm seeing like half. Oh, this is this is gonna be really insulting. I see like 80% snake and then like 20% of pro Jared. I don't know. <laughs> pro Jared? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and I just ruined that for everybody. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. I can kind of see it. Damn it. Now I see pro Jared. You fucked me up on that. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Scratch this I'm guy. S- I'm seeing like I'm seeing like 20% pro Jared and 80% James McAvoy. I like James McAvoy. Who's yeah. pro Jared? Let's not talk uh, about that. You, you know, you're better off. Yeah. Wait a second. Do I know this guy? I don't know this guy. Anyway, look, um, no, he's not going to play Solid Snake. First off, his eyes are green. <laughs> They're not blue. So it's he's timing. invalid. Contacts do not exist. This movie is ruined. No, they don't. Well, just because he says he looks like Solid yeah. Snake doesn't mean he wants him to play Solid Snake. No, I think he was just being, you know, a jackass and saying, like, he's the spitting image of Solid Snake. No, no, he doesn't. Yeah, but and you know it. Yeah, we got. We have to entertain this because because he said it, and our and it's our in our title. So and Metal Gear fans are fickle about who they want to play as Snake anyway. First, it was Hugh Jackman, then it was Christian Bale, right? And oh. I, now it's Oscar Isaac, and now it's this guy. So like, it'll be somebody else in like two months. And you threw out uh, Eric Bana. Yeah, I I got the criticism that he's getting too old, and yeah, yeah, I, there's that maybe. I guess, but, you know, Black Hawk Down kind of stuck with me. Look, I'm the biggest Black Hawk Down fan, but nobody took you seriously when you said, I want a 75-year-old man to play young Solid Snake. And I know he's not actually 75, but he's getting there. May as well be. Eh. 75 in Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He's he's a 75 in... In dog slash Hollywood years. All right. Years. So who would you put? I mean, ideally, you'd want to. You'd want you know an, an unknown right. to play that role. Exactly. But, and that's exactly. I couldn't tell you who I wanted to play Solid Snake because I haven't met him yet. I think and we I can don't all agree. To. <laughs> I think we can all agree that if Paul W S Anderson directed Metal Gear Solid, then oh, Snake no. would be played by Mila Jovovich. No, no. <laughs> you got to I've watched all six Resident Evil films. Unfortunately. Uh, ironically as that well. That man's wife needs work, damn it. <laughs> she yeah. would not be, she would not be Snake. She would be an OC. She'd be an original character who was like a genome soldier who like woke up in the midst of of the genome rebellion with Liquid. Oh. But like Solid Snake and Meryl would be like her, in the same vein as Resident Evil, they'd be her like little side characters who follow her around. And don't make that much of an impact on the story because... She's Paul W.S. Anderson's wife. God, that's exactly how it would go. If she was sleeping, what was she doing before? That's what you got to find out. What was she doing before? <laughs> okay. That's the mystery box. Because <laughs> that's just, that's what Mila Jovovich is good she, at, sleeping. She fi- <laughs> At least we would know what we were getting out of the movie. She would find, Multipass. she would find a picture of herself with like the president of arms tech in the commander room after she beats Psycho Mantis. And then she gets flashbacks. Right. 
and it's like, oh, mystery box. What did she do at Shadow Moses beforehand? And like, you know, Snake and Meryl help her through these revelations. And, and you know, the, the most subplot that Snake gets is like dealing with the repercussions of fighting his brother. But Mila <laughs> ends up killing Jeez. Liquid. And he just helps Here's how I would do it. Final final battle after the Jeeps crash at the end of MGS1, Liquid Snake reaches his hands out, his hand out and he yells, Fox! And Mila Jovovich goes, Multipass. <laughs> <laughs> the the thing is, I I think she's a she's an alright actress, but she keeps getting put in these just like schlocky roles, you know? She's she kind of reminds me of like Malcolm McDowell in that respect, where you've got someone who's very clearly capable, but they just get put in the worst stuff imaginable. She's getting paid. Yeah. At, at that level, you don't care. Yeah. You get your paycheck, and then, you know, you go collect your paycheck two times. I mean, so. it, it's not going to make or break my love for Monster Hunter. I, I just think it's hilarious if you look at it from a critical standpoint. Another scenario of, of Paul W.S. Anderson kind of showcasing his wife. Who else is going <laughs> to do it, though? You think Charlize Theron is going to be in the Monster Hunter movie? No. Oh, man. I know that Monster Hunter fans are just lampooning it left and right, though. What did you say the uh, Red Letter Media guy said about her? Oh, they said, um, I forget the exact quote, but they said they watched like the first four Resident Evil films, right? And they said that like you could go to any frame of uh, Mila. I'm not going to pronounce her last name because I can't. Uh, you can go to any frame of her in that film of Alice, and she like you would not know the emotional context because she like displays the same emotion in like every frame. It's actually I highly recommend you guys watch mm-hmm. it. What you mean like that tired bewilderment, but also with a hint of sarcasm? Yeah. So she is the Kristen Stewart of video game movies, or is Kristen Stewart the Mila Jovovich of other bad movies? Anyway, I gotta moving think about on. That. Question time. <laughs> Moving right along. Wait, 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 wait. Kristen Stewart is Meryl? What? Dude. <laughs> I'm just trying to you, piss you off. I swear to God. You're going to curse this movie. I would go see it even more if you did that. <laughs> so is it kosher for us to discuss um, the, the Silent Hill tweet, or is, it, is there anything to even discuss about? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that. I figured it was a good segue (laughs) from, like, Kojima's musings, and it's like, speaking of social media... (laughs) Ooh, yeah. All right, get into it. Just so we're clear, which tweet are we referring to? Uh, We are referring to... The whole thread, uh, right? Yeah, the whole thread, but the one that started with just that video that was, like, pitch black, and all it was was the Silent Hill horn. Oh, that one. Yeah. Ugh. You had to know what was going to happen. I mean, I yeah, I, I knew. But because like I wouldn't have read into that at all. That had been stupid to even think like, oh, this is proof. Or is, is Konami hinting that they're going to make another Silent Hill? Agreed. No, they're just they're just supporting some stuff, you know, Dead by Daylight, they're promoting the promotion that they're promoting. Yeah. That's, that's all see, they're doing. That's obvious to us as people who read something and then think about it for more than a half second. <laughs> right. <laughs> a company mentioned their IP. What the fuck? For some people, when they <laughs> hear Clearly, that- this means that we're getting eight new games and a remake. I appreciated the sample. They were just like, here's the clean sample by itself. Nice. Real nice. Then you make so. a you make a good Silent Hill remake. 
Yeah, that's, a, that's what I need to do. And then Konami retweets it, and then they get bombarded. Oh, man. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, it sucks. With, yeah, they'll, like, retweet a remix of something. That's all I see in the comments of, of my own tweet. It's just like, make the, make the new Silent Hill now. It's just like, Jesus. Just to put it out there, the community reps at Konami have nothing to do with the things that fans may or may not be upset about. They are doing their jobs, and they are cool guys. Yep. We can, you know, <laughs> disclose that we've had conversations with them on multiple occasions. You know, just be nice. Well, yeah, for, for people that maybe aren't on the Twitterverse as much, uh, what exactly happened? They tweeted out a video, and it had the Silent Hill uh, siren from Silent Hill 2. But I think, uh, you know, and Dead by Daylight is, you know, out. So they, they've got the new add-on for that. So that's kind of the the thing that I saw. You know, it's like it's a connection to that right. that product that's yeah. being promoted right now. So it wasn't something like, whoa, this is out of nowhere. Right. They were being playful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's essentially it. And to add a little, there was there's no context or anything like that. So, of course, you know, fanboys, that's a bad term to use, but fans, you know, their amygdala starts rising up and they get excited and <laughs> they start tweeting out things and making blog posts and Konami tweet the Konami Twitter comes back and is like hey guys that was just a promotion for Dead by Daylight you know really sorry for you know confusing everybody and then it just became this sort of like like dumpster fire and and that's not an indictment on on Konami or their reps or anything like that I just I just felt like an accident waiting to happen there are two takeaways from this. Takeaway number one is that fans can be really stupid at times by taking the smallest thing and blowing it way out of proportion and reading into it in ways that it was very obviously not meant to be read into if you right. take a minute to think about it. That's, yeah. th that's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two, if you are in charge of communicating things for these brands, you've got to be aware of how rabid these fans are over the smallest things. It feels like no matter what they tweet, though, right now, just everybody's pissed off at yeah. Konami. And it's just like the, the, the hostility level of like anything that they say or put out, you know, it's just like, ugh. It, that that kind of yeah. bothers me. It's just like, all right. And then, like you said, it's like they, they'll come back and then ask, oh, but please, please make this game, though. And it's just, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's so I weird. Can't bite the like, hand that's, uh, and like, I get there's valid criticism for certain games, like with uh, the Contra game that came out recently, uh, Contra Rogue Corps. That wasn't a traditional Contra game. And then you had Blazing Chrome come out, which was like, okay, this is what we're used to. But, uh, but now you see twin stick shooters coming out left and right, and people are like, all right, cool. So it's just like, it's this weird because it's Konami factor that's going on. That like yeah. anything that they do right now, people are just like, ugh. You, you, I hate you, you. I'm so angry at you, but can I please get a remake of Metal Gear Solid? You ruined Kojima's career. He's homeless and sitting in a cardboard box right now. That's just fucked up. And it, you know, it's just, I, I get people can have sides on that, but. It's, it's like yelling at a kid at a fast food counter because you disagree with the decisions of the yeah. restaurant. Like, that's going to get Man, you Man, I just make the fries. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I feel bad for for, you know, the social media guy. He's just sitting there like, ah, God, guys. 
Well, look, if you're a social media manager, if that's your job, then hopefully you know. You know it's part of the job, yeah. yeah. You got to have thick skin for it. And hopefully you also know that only five to, like, less than that, the the it's the vast minority of fans that are vocal and angry yeah. and that say, that's spewing this bullshit. So I don't you know, feel sorry for whoever's running the, the Twitter because that's that's their job, and, and hopefully they know. If they don't... Yeah, not sorry for them. That's not, that's not the right word for sure. Right. I, At the same I time... I like it. Yeah, go ahead, Nitro. No, go ahead and finish. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I, I didn't even know where I was going, honestly. I just, I'm more frustrated at myself for not being able to finish the thought, so I'll, <laughs> I yield my time. <laughs> <laughs> I liken being a social media manager to working retail. Oh, fuck. True. As somebody who used to work retail yeah. and had to deal with so many stupid customers who... yeah should be smart enough to understand that I cannot move, you know, the earth and the sky for them. Like, I'm sorry that you bought this thing three months ago, you opened it up, tore it up, got it covered in dirt, don't like it now, and want to return it, but that's not my problem anymore. You can call my district manager as many times as you want, and he's going to tell you the same shit. Like, yeah, that's kind of the job of somebody working in retail to field that kind of hate, I guess. But at the same time, like, can we strive sort of communally to be nicer to A, people who work in retail because they've got enough crap to deal with. Amen. And B, yeah. people who are community managers because they have also got enough crap to deal with. God bless. So, yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. The, the tweet itself, I think, was very innocent. It says, close your eyes, always scary. Silent Hill 2 Siren, and it's literally a black screen with the siren playing. You know, it has uh, 344,000 views, uh, so, <laughs> you know, people enjoyed it. It's It's got a lot of likes, a lot of retweets. Dude, they could literally tweet, hi, how are you, and people would be screaming at or them. Or just like the codex sound. Like, that's, it's yeah, if they tweet the codex sound, it's be like, what the yeah. fuck? Where's Metal Gear? <laughs> right, like, or the, yeah. I guess... <laughs> On some level, I sort of understand why people read into it because the siren noise has a very specific meaning in Silent Hill, sort of like the alert yeah. sound in Metal Gear. Like there's a there is a meaning attached to that. It's a call to attention, so, kind of. Yeah, yeah, things are about to change. Might be a way to look at it. But so on that note, they did follow up the tweet a couple threads down. It says, uh, you know, we're sorry we got uh, people fired up. Anything official would come first from at Silent Hill. Or an event or something. And is that a new uh, uh, account? Yes, it is. Join July is 2020. So, oh, I got to follow that. Fuck. So, that's telling. That's, that's the thing where I'm like, all right, people, just follow that account, chill, and wait. Because I think right. they would make a new account. And that's, it just says, Welcome to Silent Hill. Got a nice little orange Silent Hill uh, font graphic up here. And they're just, you know, retweeting Silent Hill stuff. I mean, we can only get so many 4chan links before a remake finally does happen. I mean, I'm kidding. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I, I would rather be optimistic and hopeful than just, like, shitty. Yeah. That's my that's my outlook. Like, I, I kind of always try to seem to be, like, the positive guy, but that's just, I don't like just yelling at a company. That's not fun. Um, yeah, well, people don't have the mental faculties to not yell. That's why they yell, because they lack vocabulary. 
there are less destructive ways to express your dissatisfaction with something. Yeah, do what I did. Way, ways that don't make people go home and cry. Oh, that's what I did. No. Fuck. <laughs> not to suggest cry. that they're going home and crying but uh, <laughs> but after some of the things that people have said i might i think you can like definitely just show interest in an ip too be like hey it'd be awesome if you put out the collection like that kind of stuff is great you know like and seeing that must be like hey, okay i'll let the guys know a lot of people are talking about bring the uh, HD collection to PS4 or, you know, whatever. Like, maybe we can make that happen if enough people show interest and say they're going to buy it. Like, day one for me. Yeah, for sure. Konami, <laughs> listening, maybe. I don't know. Put them all up. You know, I got I got two, uh, I got an angel and a devil on either side of my shoulders. Uh, so on one hand, to all the fans out there, or the, the Silent Hill stands that won't shut up, like, you'll know when Konami's going to announce a new Silent Hill when you see an official announcement like or a re-release on Steam or something. It's, it's not going to be something like a tweet with a siren. That's just dumb. At the same time, if Konami's not working on, uh, you know, like if, if they have this dead franchise like Silent Hill or Metal Gear, Castlevania or Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever it is, you know, and, and they're not actively monetizing that you can't buy the games anywhere then it is kind of a dick move to to play on people's hopes and dreams when you're not actively working on something so um i understand the frustration but i don't condone the reaction yeah that's a good way to phrase it that's about as well as i can phrase something because i studied languages in college but anyway um moving right along he studied seven languages. <laughs> Les enfants terribles. <laughs> hey, Troy. All right. Uh, wow. So did you hear that Junji Ito was going to work with Kojima on something, except he's not? And right. that's really depressing. Are you telling me that two creatives shot the shit and at some point in that conversation said, hey man, we should work on something and people extrapolated right. that into something like crazy? Right? It's wild, man. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, I don't, I don't even have words because I, all of a sudden on Facebook, there were all these shares and and posts from different news sources of and that's way no, worse than happening. a than a silent hill tweet with a siren in my opinion just people like running running with something yeah. very innocent like that and just going oh that's it they're making them without a, a doubt thing. sorry that was partially my fault <laughs> i mean so oh, i thanks. take i take responsibility for spreading this but in my defense it came from comicbook.com viable <laughs> source Look, I was. No, that's even worse. I took that immediately with skepticism as somebody who's been reading these headlines for the past, ever since PT was canceled. Right. I was ready to eat crow. But, like, this trope seems to happen. Like I said, like, two creatives, they shoot the shit. One of them says, hey, we need to do something. And then the blogs take it way too far. Yeah, I think um, it is kind of stupid, though. If you're two creatives and. You're shooting the shit. Why are you publicizing it? Because you know what it's going to do. So they clearly, they must have done that on purpose. In my eyes, they were trying intentionally to stir controversy, which is, that's some Druckmann level manipulation. Don't do it. 
Well, it seems to have been misinterpreted in general. Um, it wasn't necessarily yeah. their fault, you know. No, um, I blame the, them now because they they wanted it to be misinterpreted. That's why Junji Ito he did the the interview where he said like, yeah, you know, we we were talking about it. He went yeah, on record. He wouldn't have name dropped without you know a purpose. Kinda. Right. He went on record saying that it wasn't like, uh, yeah, you know, somebody contacted me. I uh, can't say who it is, but you know, I, I don't think it's going to happen. We'll have to see. He specifically, they named names. They both of them were, were like, yeah, we're in talks. Who knows what could happen? And then Silent Hill does the tweet. You know, it's just come on. That's the thing is, it's all kind of marketing, and in, in my eyes, it's just like you know. Right. Attention is the new currency type deal. It's like, you know, you just want people talking about your stuff so there more people are drawn in and oh, who's Hideo Kojima? And it's, you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's no different from a celebrity going on a talk show talking about working have being best friends with another celebrity as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Is definitely Kojima the Kanye of Video games? <laughs> no. Is he running for prime minister of Japan? Do you remember when Kanye <laughs> Kanye was like looking for Kojima at like E3 or something? He was like on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like, he was like, I, I need to get in contact with Kojima. And then like Jeff Keighley mentioned him and was like, I, I could help you with that. And then Kojima was oh like, God. deuces. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where's Jesus? I'm sure he told his. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh... Can I get a sooner flight? Kanye is a co-writer on Death Stranding, which is actually doing pretty good on uh, PC. So I've been enjoying it. Yeah, surprisingly good. How good are we talking? Top of their sales charts for oh no way quite a while. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I wonder. I think we. I don't know if we discussed this the last episode, but we were. I know we kind of touched at some point about why that might be. Maybe people like understand the expectations of the game now instead of everybody kind of going into this with no like right. context. Yeah. Um, I, it's not Metal Gear. <laughs> I, right. I will say, you know, my personal experience has been much better, uh, obviously because of the graphic fidelity being enhanced. Unless you didn't upgrade, update your graphics drivers. Oh, yeah, no, no, no San Norman Reedus for me. Um, I remember <laughs> this happening with Revengeance as well. Like, not that Revengeance wasn't taken poorly when it came out on consoles but i just distinctly remember this like renaissance of metal gear rising and revengeance and all the memes once it came back out on pc there are significant problems with uh i don't i don't want to say the pc release arising but uh the mac release i don't know if you guys know about this there's a mac Um, release there was a there was a mac store mac os app store release of metal gear rising and it had some sort of, I don't know if it was de novo or what, but it had some sort of anti-piracy measure built into it mm. that has to call home. If I'm And I'm going from memory here. It's been a while since, I, since I've dug into this, so I might get a couple of details wrong. But yeah. the servers that it had to talk to are no longer active. So if you own a legal copy of Rising on the Mac, you cannot play it. I'm sorry, Nitroid. That'll teach you. Yeah. yeah. Legally. Which I get that we're talking about like maybe six people max. Yeah. But <laughs> right. <laughs> if it's, I don't care if it's one person, don't do this shit. It, it does suck when stuff goes offline and just completely inaccessible. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm worried about with Survive. And I know we've, I think we've talked about it a little bit, but Survive yeah. is a strictly online game. And whether you love it or hate it... Yeah, even the single player. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, put aside for the moment whether you love that game, whether you hate that game, 
Like, whatever you think about it, from a strictly game preservation standpoint, this is a problem. Because you have to be online to play a game that has a large single-player component to it, and there will eventually be no way to play it outside of somebody hmm. creating and managing some kind of fan server. So hopefully, right. they if they decide to you know end a life this game, they they push out some sort of patch for it. But even then, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Even then, that's not really going to matter. When has that ever happened? Right, exactly. But but even then, it wouldn't matter because if you buy a disc and the servers with the updates go down, you're shit out of luck. I think Death Stranding would definitely be affected too by that once those servers go down. Like that, that game would suck without the uh, help from Buddy. I was would, about to say, but you'd still be able to play it. Yeah, like, yeah, like how uh, Demon Souls lost the servers. Yeah, that's definitely hard, extra hard. Like, yeah, that's if you want very, very hard mode. European Extreme is just play offline and then turn it on very hard. Yeah, but the good news about that is uh, the PS3 emulator it has limited online play now, so mm. there's hope. It's wild what those guys are doing. Yeah, wizards, I tell you. So I guess they've got the multiplayer. I, I you know, the 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 online component of Demon's Souls working now emulated right right yeah that's, that's crazy speaking of uh, stuff that would you never thought would happen in a billion years uh you want to talk about the giga leak oh yeah oh man the giga leak that's what they're calling it it's like the snapshot. so um the gist of it as i understand it is that a bunch of development resources for the IQE, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it was like a, a Chinese version of the N64 with like some built-in games, got leaked. Um, there wasn't like a huge amount of source code as a lot of people were initially reporting, but it did have a lot of development files. So the big one being, you know, Luigi's model from Mario 64 while he was still in development. Right. But But there was also a bunch of things from like, uh, Ocarina of Time and uh, Mario Kart 64 and like all these different levels and, and 3D models, uh, early sprites for Mario World and, and Yoshi's Island and all sorts of things that they that they pulled out of this. Uncompressed uh, voice samples, too. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah, hearing like the Star Fox samples just by themselves is like, wow, it's nice and clear. Yeah, I think that's that's amazing. And also, reportedly, Mario sixty four spent uh, six hundred twenty two days in development. We we now uh, allegedly that's how long it took. So right, because they think listed the start date and the end date of development in the document. Yeah, I think stuff like that is great because you know now we have a better picture of of the the actual resources that went into to building certain games and. I look forward to it happening more often. So data miners keep doing whatever you're doing. I would love to see more of this for Metal Gear just to see what sort of things have been left on the cutting room floor. But right. God knows what's out there. And, and with some of the Metal Gear games, if there were development files leaked, I would be curious to see if there were any remnants of the alleged multiplayer mode that was in development for MGS2. Which I don't know if you hmm. guys have ever heard of that. Uh, the truth is out there. So again, this is kind of drifting into like apocryphal territory, and I've I've got to dig up the sources for these. But at one point, there was a a multiplayer mode in development for Metal Gear Solid Two, and it would have been essentially like a I believe a split screen sort of thing, right? And allegedly, the remnant of that is the arena that you fight in 
in uh, substance, the Zako survival mode. That that nice. last, if you remember that last mission where it's like you versus a ton of soldiers right. on two ends of an arena, like that was apparently the leftovers of that multiplayer mode, but they said they just couldn't get it to work well. Man, Metal um, Gear Solid 2 is unfinished. It's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't run out of the tanker and get away from the water and... Somebody better, uh, somebody better tweet at the Konami social media guy and let him know that's a problem. Right. If we're going to talk about unfinished games, man, MGS4. Let's start a petition. That's how we get shit done. <laughs> what? <laughs> MGS4. Dude, I, like, no joke. I mean, my feelings about that game aside, there is so much stuff on the cutting room floor for that game that I would love to see. Like, Act 3 very famously had a huge chunk cut out of the middle where you would have a... Uh, uh, an escort mission with Big Mama, and you would have to go into the sewers, and there would be yeah. Gecko prowling down there, and you would mm. have to like climb up through manholes and go on the top area of the city, and then climb back down into the sewer, and you'd have to like open floodgates to change the water flow, and and it was like this really elaborate mission that they just cut out. Now and that, you that know, eventually sounds, turned into a Metal Gear Online map. I don't know. That sounds ripe for we did playtesting, and it kind of sucked. Yeah. yeah, and I hate escort missions anyway, so probably for yeah, the it best. It sounds like the water temple for sure. <laughs> I thought I didn't want it, but I, on second thought, I think I might enjoy the chance to knock Eva out and drag her through a claymore again. Then there were um, there were Old parts times. on Act Four in Shadow Moses where you had a couple different areas to approach the facility, and one of them would take you over uh, a frozen lake that you had to be careful walking across or it would collapse underneath you. Hmm. Okay. And you can, and you can see sort of like a remnant of the path that would have been taken to get in and out of that lake area. If you go to the heliport, I believe it's either the heliport or the, um, the, the Canyon, one of the two, there's like a little remnant of a path there. But the, um, the other aspect was they were going to have more of the nuclear weapons, uh, disposal building, uh, accessible. So you could go oh, to like wow. the floor where where Psychomanus's room was, huh. but they cut Very all that cool. out. Yeah, hey, sometimes stuff gets cut. That doesn't mean the game's unfinished. But I mean, the the thing about the game being unfinished, they had design documents and they had started development on DLC for MGS Five, and they were in, intending on making extra content. Uh, and then they stopped making it. So in my eyes, that counts as unfinished. But the main game is obviously a hundred percent complete. It would be interesting so. to see if they would ever revisit it, but from from what I've heard, the part of the reason they didn't want to finish it was they felt it was kind of disrespectful to do so without Kojima. Bullshit. Take, take that with a grain of salt. That comes yeah, from. I'm not saying from, bullshit to you. <laughs> whoever that comes from somebody I know who is closer to this, so you know. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they said about 2 and 3, but then that didn't stop anybody from making Portable Ops or, or Ghost Babble or True, or but those Rising, were under, so. you know, those are while he was still there. Or what about Survive then? Is that a, a like, disrespect to Kojima's legacy, the fact that Survive exists? No, I of would, course not. I would argue that that is a low-key tribute. Exactly! There's nothing wrong with homage. And, and nobody will, will believe me. <laughs> Yeah, especially after that that one uh that one radio call. Right, where they where it's basically describing everything that happened. 
Yeah, I posted that on my YouTube channel. That that whole exchange is just eerily reminiscent of what exactly was going on at that time. Yeah, those those meta alarm bells are ringing real loud on that yeah. one. Yeah. Speaking of alarms, uh, really quick, we should talk about the Splinter Cell anime that's in development. Oh yeah, that was a nice it's happening. surprise. It's funny after we said in the last episode about how you know what if a Metal Gear or what if a Splinter Cell movie? Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then they took here it comes this went, announcement. Now they're dropping the anime <laughs> announcement on us. And it's like, well, I, but personally, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take. Uh, I'll take anything Splinter Cell, pretty much. I, I think that will that will work, and I think the simplicity of it is what's in its favor of it happening so quick. Whereas Metal Gear, there's all these different layers that they're trying to consider. Maybe I don't know. I mean, something Metal Gear is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Right. I don't know if anybody's ever read a Tom Clancy novel. I find them boring to a fault. Not that there's such thing as boring in a good way. He's just plain boring. But um, but I do like the Splinter Cell games. But I I couldn't tell you what the what political intrigue is in there. It's you know my whole thing was Sam Fisher and his daughter. The issue here is who's gonna play Sam Fisher because I don't think Michael Ironside can do it anymore. Well, that's why they went with the anime. So they're just you know. Right. Oh, you're saying for the voice. Um, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's going to be animated. No, he was never, <laughs> they, they never really got Michael Ironside to, in the performance capture. That'd be funny, though. Yeah, but yeah the problem well, is I'd, he, I'd watch he the hell like, out of that. No, he weighs like 350 pounds now. And the, that didn't when he stop did that, Steven Seagal. It did. It stopped him from doing a lot of things. <laughs> Look, actually. it didn't stop him, but it may have adjusted folks' reaction. It's, it slowed him down uh, a bit. <laughs> Hold on, I, I hate to like jump the topic here, but I want I want to make sure we get this. I, w- I want to like plug this for a second. Um, so while you guys were discussing the missing content from Metal Gear Solid Four, I went into. Have you guys ever been to the CuttingRoomFloor.net? No. Hell yes. Um. So I know we briefly discussed the page. So the cutting room floor is basically they they extract data from from software. Um, things that you wouldn't see typically when you're running the software as usual. I probably didn't describe that very well. Um, but I looked, I've always looked at the Metal Gear page, um, and Metal Gear Solid has a few highlights in there. There's a, a texture of Sniper Wolf after she got shot in the head. Right. And I think we've discussed those a little bit before. But what I didn't know was there is Gray Fox. He actually does that uh, train station motto that you generally t- people associate with the kernel AI. Yep. They okay. recorded a session of Gray Fox. I think it was, what was it, Doug Stone? Gray Fox. Uh, yeah. He's still alive, <laughs> by the way. Uh, going, <laughs> like, reciting that train station line. Um, I'll link it to you guys right. right here. And the only reason I even interrupted this to bring it up is because it freaked me the fuck out when I played it. Well, wait, wait, wait. No, Doug Stone was... Um was a uh, psychomanus. Oh, I'm sorry. It, you're, you're right. You're yeah, right. I got to I got to point that no, out if we're going. No, gonna, no, no. Think, we're going to yell at Eagles. That's right. Yeah, Gr- Greg yeah. Eagles. There's a G sound in there. That's all I knew. <laughs> uh I thought you so could still what, hear what, this stuff in the game. You you, you can sworn. hear this. So what if you look at the caption, apparently what they had done was they cut his recital into like individual segments and they and they okay. put it in um in the background during the scene where you're going through the corridor before you hit him, run into him in Otacon's lab. So it's technically right in the on. game, but we never hear this like full sound. 
Yeah, it's like layered, so like it's saying all the names out of order and kind of mixed together. It's not in like a single string. Correct. And and for some reason, just hearing it in a single string is like a little more unnerving to me. I don't know. Why is that unnerving? I don't get it. Well, one, I already associate it with the kernel AI, so there's already that like precedence. Okay. Um, two, the fact that it's it's like in the game, but not necessarily in the game, and hearing it in its like pure form. Also, yeah, that sounds scary yeah, as shit. Yeah, I just listen to it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll throw that in really quick. Oh, oh good, because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. Awanishinose kuchi kenyo yamashita sasabi you know, on the subject of like uh, sounds in the game that people have pulled out, going back to MGS4 and the whole uh, sewer mission, there was a codec conversation that some people had extracted from the game that somehow just got left on the disc. And you know how in MGS4 they mentioned Dr. Madnar and then just pay it absolutely no mind? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you'd think that would turn a couple heads like this. You mean the dude who climbed on your back and got blown up by a missile? That dude? He's alive and he's okay? And you're just going to ignore it? Okay, all right. All right, that's cool, Snake. You know, whatever. There is actually a Kodak conversation with Otacon that would have been uh, assumedly uh, accessible during that sewer segment where Otacon says, you know, just want to let you know, Raiden is doing much better. Dr. Madnar was able to help him, and Snake's like, great. And Otacon's like, you have a history with him, don't you? And Snake's just kind of like, oh, yeah, huh. And Otacon goes, well, you know, Dr. Madnar had a message for you. You know, he wants you to know his daughter Ellen's doing well. She's married, and he's sorry for everything he did. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's basically the conversation. And it's cool. fully recorded in English, and, and yeah, there you go. Yeah, well... I'm glad they could find closure, I guess. Right? <laughs> in, like, Sorry, bro. Seconds. I didn't mean to climb on your back and try to pull you up. Yeah. <laughs> no hard feelings, right, pal? We were just two guys on on opposite sides of the battlefield. <laughs> just doing our jabs. One guy a geriatric scientist, the other <laughs> special agent. You know, you know how it if, is. If they had tried to pull off that message with that codec conversation like like turn it into some political spiel about we were just enemies at the time i think i would have respected that more than him just being like oh sorry what was snake's response to that like it, to be like, honest snake it's snake just kind of sort of straight up acts like he barely remembers <laughs> like uh. it's it's like oh yeah i remember that guy like he's like oh yeah and, and that's it <laughs> basically like like yeah i think it rings a bell hmm like his memory really is slipping. Wanna do some Q and A? Let's do it. Let's see. We we hit a few of these last time, so. So this is part Let's... two of Q and A. If your if your question wasn't answered last time, don't worry. It probably still won't be. But we picked the <laughs> best ones. Some of these were <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh man. Okay, um, Saltius Swede asks, pretty tough one, uh, one that I don't like answering, but we're going to try anyway. If there is one Metal Gear game that you can remake or remaster, 
Which one would it be and why? Five. Easy. I got a, I got a script and a design doc ready to go. I'm never going to let that go, are you? <laughs> nope. And why would I? Yeah, I would remake five in a heartbeat. I would just scrap the five that exists and I would start from scratch. What would you do? That's what it... Um, okay, so actually I got the idea from Nourish Psych. Uh, he... Um, he started doing a project on the mercenary war and I thought that's a great idea. And so I would do the mercenary war. All right. Leading up to, uh, the, uh, Salino Yarsk's, uh, independence. That's the story I would tell. So would you do some of the stuff like involving like Solidus back in like the, like in that time period? Like, I, I mean, I, no, probably not. That's, I kind of like, did want that bit included a little bit. That seemed like right around the perfect time. Not not exactly the time, but uh, I do remember looking into the details of it. It didn't line up exactly, but right. I think uh, we, Solidus was. Yeah, Solidus was. He was doing the the. Where, where was he in? Uh, where's riding from Liberia? That's it. So that was like in '84. So the Mercenary War happens in like '80. 89 or so. Yeah. And so, so, uh, no, I don't think I would, I would do, uh, any solidist stuff, but yeah, I, instead of telling the garbage story, they, uh, mm-hmm. they told in five, which all, which did take place in 1984. They totally could have done some stuff with solidus and had a young Raiden, but instead we get stupid Eli and his never be game over bullshit vest. Uh, like he's not even wearing sunscreen. He would have burned to a crisp. So... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I instead of just telling some bullshit story about this made up dude skull face and how like oh guess what I was there the whole time watching your back and then now I put a bomb in in some girl's hoo ha and I'm evil like that's no yeah I would absolutely remake five I, I mean so, don't even remake it just scrap it from existence and start over. <laughs> so what? Would you go with the same sort of meta narrative approach, or would you do something entirely different? What do you mean meta narrative? Please elaborate. Okay, so MGS Five is is clearly got this underlying thread of sort of like you're gonna feel it when Metal Gear's gone, right? Oh fuck no, I wouldn't do that. No, why? No, that's no. <laughs> that's like why so, would I? Well, that's what I'm asking. What would you do, or would you just oh. eschew that entirely? I don't mind if Metal Gear continues as a series. I'm glad it ended, but it's like after all that time, it was like, damn, I really should have quit after two like the creator of the series had been telling me for a decade. But instead, I just kept it going. And it's my fault, right? I I set myself up for failure. We but all did. It's like, yeah, it's like if you want your your franchise to keep going, I'm not going to blame a lion for eating a gazelle. That's he's, the dude is hungry. That's c- corporations are going to court. That's what they do. So, like if you want to have your your flagship franchise Metal Gear Solid, you want it to keep going, let's do that. Uh, let me so put this another way. Let me let me put it another way. Um I don't mean this pejoratively. I'm I'm yeah. asking it earnestly. What would be the point of your version? Oh my god, that's such a good question. Um, and I'm going to try my best to not go on a two hour rant cause I'm good at that. But, um, it's really simple. You actually f- adhere to the ad campaign. You want to show how men become demons. Then it's never been sold to me that big boss is a villain. I don't buy the fact that he's a terrorist. Uh, and you know, he, he wants to, 
destroy the world. I, I understand the seeds that were planted, you know, him killing his mentor and, and you know, joining the Patriots and, uh, you know, him being betrayed by Zero after he fell into his first coma and he's cloned against his wishes and now he has these Frankenstein's mon- monsters that look like him and he wants to form his own, um, you know, private military unit. Okay, I get that. But I don't for a second believe that he wanted to declare war on the entire planet. And the reason I- why is because... The Can I interject why I, for one second? Please, go ahead and finish do. your go ahead and finish your thought, and then I want to I want to interject with something. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the reason why I think that is because we never play as a big boss that is villainous in any way. He's only ever trying to save the world from nuclear devastation. So yeah, I think uh, the in, trailers did that did a better job yeah. of like making it seem like, oh, here we go. We're about to have a bad villainous time. He's about, oh, he, sh- he shot those kids that were in the jail. Right. Man, this is going to be dark. And <laughs> it's, it's like, super no. Dark. Hi, I'm Venom Snake. I'm good guy. Come with me. We'll have fun on base. Um, I don't know why I was rushing just now, but you know, it's... it's uh... <laughs> That's what I would do. My yeah. MGS5 snake is now Russian. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. But yeah, Nitroid, what were you going to say? I think the reason that it's hard to buy Big Boss as a villain is because of two reasons. One, because, and I'm not saying this is how you expect it, but there seems to be this need to see him as sort of a comic book villain with very clearly nefarious goals that, that are sort of black and white. Right. So that's, I'm not saying that's what you want, but, but that is something I see a lot from, from anyone who says I don't buy him as a villain. So, well, here's, here's the worst part is that Metal Gear fans, they see Big Boss as, at least the ones that I've interacted with for over three years, they see Big Boss as this comic book villain, and they justify things like him using child soldiers, which never actually happened. You know, him declaring nuclear war. He didn't actually launch a nuke, he just threatened to, so I would actually... Oh, that's much better. Those kids were chilling at Zanzibar land. Like, I don't they were know. having a That's... great time, but they weren't in, in active combat. Like, but now yeah, Solidus, on the other been. hand, he used <laughs> child soldiers, but we never see that. Which yeah, is like, you always you see Solidus coward, did nothing Kojima. wrong. And, Wait, did we start yeah. the episode? And, and, I mean, he he did hold the world ransom, right? But he didn't kill anybody. And my oh, come on, come on, look. I would go into detail. My MGS5 would tell that story. <laughs> Why is he doing it? What okay. are his motivations? Point, you know, I always... Point two is important. Go, go ahead, Dave. I was just going to say, to that point, I've always felt this weird cognitive dissonance between Metal Gear Solid's five, Metal Gear Solid 5's promotional material and, like, Metal Gear's message as a, as a overall. Um, in a sense that, right. like... You know, with Big Boss's story from up and up until five, so like Peace Walker three, and to some degree Portable Ops, it always felt like the story of you know I get why this you know this guy ended up kind of shitty, but I, I see why he was shitty, and his his motives made sense. Whereas, but we got that from MGS three. I mean, if anybody with a brain could tell, like, oh, so that's it, why he goes that exactly. direction. Exactly. Like, it just right. takes a little bit put, a little bit of push, and it, you know, not to sound like the Joker, but um, <laughs> you know, you don't need. I never felt like Metal Gear was a series that needed to show something so volatile to prove Big Boss's villain. It's just, it just, it feels like cognitive dissonance from the message I got from the series. Yeah. So point two, and this is the big one, I feel, like for why it's hard to buy him as a villain. And this is in part 
the fault of, uh, you could argue it's Metal Gear Solid 2's fault. It may be more like P, like Portable Ops and Onward's fault for this. It really, de- it really depends, but the, the point I'm going to make is this. The fact that the series was framed around a global conspiracy undermines any interpretation of Big Boss as sort of an organic villain. Because anything he does, you can say, oh, it's because there's a bigger threat that he's trying to confront. Okay, so what? Yeah, that's what I would show. What's the bigger threat? Why did you form Outer Heaven? Why did you form Zanzibar? You know, to declare war on the entire world that's being controlled by this old man in a wheelchair. I need to know why. I need your motivations, and, and you have to earn that from me. You can't just tell me it happened. I mean, wasn't that Skullface, though? No. The fact that there is a global conspiracy that he is juxtaposed against will almost always frame him as the hero. Like, it's it's going to be See? really hard to write that story where no, you've got this... No, that's cowardice. This, you don't think so? In my eyes. In my eyes, that's cowardice on Kojima's part. It's like, you know, he wants to tell this compelling story that involves child soldiers and rape, but he doesn't actually, you know, include any of it on screen. You know, he's he's just like, oh, look at all this intense adult subject matter, but he's just skirting around the issue. Uh, and and no, it's... Wait, what was because, your question? <laughs> well, there there is an interesting story to tell there if you want to go, like, how far are you willing to go to stop what you think is a greater threat? What's the line you're willing to cross? Like, that's an interesting story. Yes, it is. So tell the story. Why didn't you do that in 10 games? Because the, he wanted to tell a story about quitting Metal Gear. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, hand off your story to someone else. Look, th- I'm just answering the question. What game would I remake? <laughs> I mean, now that, you, now that we've gone this down is, this yeah. tangent, I'd go back and I'd, I'd remake 2 and just and just kill no. Raiden, kill Snake. I'd no. kill everybody. I'd blow up the entire world. and We wouldn't have a series to talk about. Uh, the firing squad ending happens in two instead of four. They just write it in early. Just, nope, you guys messed up. That was illegal back there. Hey. Just a bunch of NYPD just like pull up on Snake and Raiden at the federal building. And are right. just like, put the guns down. That's it. That's Yeah, it is a little weird that nobody reacts to them. Everybody just goes on. Vamp, Vamp's just chilling in the back. I I feel like the New York New York citizens were just like, dude, those two must really be into bondage. I'm gonna <laughs> stay. I'm gonna steer clear of that. <laughs> it's just another day. Just like, I walk in here. These cosplayers are getting out of control. <laughs> I'm crawling where's, over here. Where's the gimp? Oh man. Anyway, well, all right. I think uh, on that point though, you could definitely do like a remake of uh, Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two Solid Snake, and kind of tell some of those you know things a little differently and make you know paint them as more villainous. Um, Maybe I don't know. Wait a second! A couple episodes ago, you guys were getting ready to tear my head off because because I said that the Metal Gear One and Two weren't super important. And now you want to add stuff? Hold on a second. I thought they were perfect. I think they're important, and they already tell a story. But I'm saying you could make like they. It's like you kind of hear them talk about you know, oh, big boss has us here, and we're we're child we're child soldiers, you know, type thing. It's like you could show a little more of that, and that's that's you know, and see how things were there. So I think that if you did that without Kojima directing it, it would come off a lot like Silent Hill Origins. <laughs> I can I, I can see you know, that. Flat. Damn. Uh, but to that point, uh, that was actually going to be my answer. Um, 
I, I didn't really think too much in the details, but as far as, like, uh, off the top of my head, what I would want a remake of, I was thinking of, like, a, a, a Metal Gear 1 slash 2, almost in a, if you guys remember, like, Mortal Kombat 9, how it had this. I, yeah. I know that it was, like, a, a new timeline in general, but it, the way they sort of blended the simple plots right. of the previous series games to create this bigger yeah. story for the current gen. Um, I'd be interested yeah. in seeing that. And I'm not going to speak as to whether we should use that to refine Big Boss's evilness or, you know, if we even want to implement the whole retcon from MGS5 or if we want to do whatever uh, whatever Vector wants to do with MGS5 and apply it <laughs> to Metal Gear 1 and 2. But, you know, I, I think that would be an interesting project to look, look at. Also, because I thought Mortal Kombat 9 was so well done. I would love to see it implemented the same way with Metal Gear 1 and 2. No, I think that's a phenomenal yeah, idea. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I, I've heard so many people say, and, like, I kind of get, like, a little chill when I hear this, too, and you guys will probably roll your eyes at it, but, like, imagine, you know, just, like, that ending part of the Phantom Pain. He walks off, you know, and then he goes out, and then you fight Solid Snake at that part. Bam, flashes back to the beginning of Metal Gear when you're first infiltrating Outer Heaven. You know, right. and then you start that part. Then you fight Venom as Solid Snake. This is all in the Fox engine. You know, th- of course, the the levels and the maps are all kind of playing differently. You have some of this puzzle element stuff going on. But yeah, then there's some kind of because the game's not but so long. Then somehow transfer into Metal Gear Two. You know. Yeah, I I like that idea. I like both of your ideas. Uh, I think it's a great idea to combine Metal Gear 1 and 2 into a single experiment. Experiment. Experience. Um, it would be an experiment, though. So, um, you know, and have like, but actually, you know, that four year time gap, you could actually have that be playable where, you know, what is Snake doing? He's supposed to be retired and, you know, and then yeah, he gets pulled back in stuff. for one last job. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great. Have him maybe like be in contact with Gray Fox leading up to Metal Gear 2. And then that makes that final battle that much more, you know, it hits you in the face that much harder. Cause like you build that friendship with that, that, that in between time. Man. Yeah. You get an epilogue where you get to get some fondue with Kaz. Oh, good shit. <laughs> and you, you, you have to feed him cause he's blind and he's missing most of his limbs. Yeah. So it's so it's super romantic. <laughs> I am uh, I am very anti remake. You guys know this, but if yeah. we're humoring the idea of a Metal Gear One and Two remake, I think it would be extremely difficult to fit it into the style of modern Metal Gear effectively. It it kind of mm. harkens back yeah, to that, that is point. The, the hardest part. Well, let me be specific because it sort of harkens back to that question I asked you, Vector, which is what would be the point of the yeah. story. And every Metal Gear sort of has that sort of larger meta point. So if you're I, the question is, are you going to apply that same layer to Metal Gear One and Two if remade, or are you going to omit it? Because they 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 were made before this was like a thing that Metal Gear did. They didn't have yeah. that layer. So would you yeah. try to to add that layer on? Well. You know, now that we have so much that has been retroactively added to Metal Gear 1 and 2, Ocelot's involvement, uh, you know, the boss's importance to, to why Outer Heaven was formed. Um, and, you know, my head canon was, you know, Outer Heaven was just like the it was like the beta test. And Zanzibar Land was what it was supposed to be, because I think Ooh, it was the I like that. 
I think it was the uh, the MGS4 novelization, or it might have been actually the database that hinted. It wasn't confirmed, but it hinted that Zanzibar Land was actually Salino Yarsk. Right. Uh, you know the. I don't know yeah, how. Yeah, I did see that somewhere. Yeah, it's like a it's a thing. So it makes sense that you know Big Boss was he formed Outer Heaven to to see you know to to figure out where his weaknesses were, and then you. Know, for the final iteration, which was Zanzibar. Um, it's like, I know a place um, where things are kind of hostile. Yeah, I right. think it was, um, I think you're right. I think it was MGS4's novelization. Yeah, that's, I do remember that. By, by uh, you know, Project Edo. So I think that was his. Yeah. So, you know, and it, it totally makes sense with Venom. Like you have, that's why he had Venom do what he did to run out of heaven so that he could secretly build Zanzibar land. Just annex um, a part of Russia. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it technically wasn't in Russia, but we don't know where it is. That's the thing. It's a fake made up country. So, but the thing is, you got to have the mercenary war. That's like one of the biggest pieces of Metal Gear lore, you know, you just you I I want it playable. Ooh, here's the point of making of of doing mercenary war. You actually have Big Boss train Sniper Wolf in the art of of marksmanship. Just give me that, and I'll I'll I will stop complaining for the rest <laughs> of my days. I'll tell you this: it would make that version of MGO way more interesting, dude. Seriously, and have the scene where where Big Boss breaks Gray Fox out of prison. Where he has his nose and ears cut off. Did you guys know that you could get a flight to Zanzibar for fifteen hundred <laughs> right now? COVID prices. Sorry, I go. just looked that up randomly. <laughs> uh, but to your point, uh, Nitroid, about framing this around some sort of meta narrative or, or theme, I think that I guess again, this is all brainstorming. You know, so these ideas are like two minutes old. But I think a good theme that we could consider maybe is to frame it around like refinement in a sense that we are refining the Metal Gear 1 and 2 experience while also refining Snake's, I guess, recollection or... Oh, oh, you, you're hitting on something. You're hitting on something. So <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta find a way to word this before I lose it because every Metal Gear has its own meta-narrative, but it also is sort of self-reflective. It's kind of about itself, sure. right? Um, the, the later ones tend to be anyway. But um, if this is a remake of an older idea, you parallel that idea of remaking Metal Gear 1 and 2 anew, more refined, with, with fewer what you might see in hindsight as mistakes, hmm. align that next to Outer Heaven being the original and Zanzibar Land being the remake. Ooh. And you cut the game in half. You you have two Dude. halves of the game. Metal Gear hey. refined. First one's free. <laughs> watch watch people <clears throat> people on Twitter be like, see, it's proof they're making a new Metal oh Gear. Oh god. Oh god. We, we've become <laughs> so, full circle. We've become the problem. Like we hate the most. Right. I've, I'll and give you my answer. Mad at us. Why'd you fire Kojima? Kojima frequency. <laughs> <laughs> someone will. Someone will. Um, my answer to the question is kind of boring. Why did you replace Koji Pro? <laughs> I've gotten, uh, I've told you before, I've gotten emails that I yeah. probably shouldn't have from people who, who thought this was official. Hmm. <laughs> um, my answer to the question is kind of boring. Uh, remaster Metal Gear Solid 4, put it on a next-gen platform, 4K, 60 frames per second. Let's get that game flying, because it 
Mm. I may not like it, but it deserves to be played at a proper frame rate. As someone who is playing Death Stranding at 60 frames, and that's just because it's frame locked, I agree. Like, I want to I wanna see how good that game can look, and some of the emulation uh, tests that have been done with MGS4 are, are just amazing looking. Okay, I see you, and I raise you the original version of Rising. Ooh. Yeah, you know. That's something that next gen may be able to handle. You might have me there. Yeah, with the original script. It wasn't that it wasn't... I, I thought the problem wasn't that the system couldn't handle it, it was that it was boring. Oh, that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't there some rumors about the, the dev team like not like really able to pull that off? Yeah, I'll tell you though. Looking that was at also that, about the boss game as well. He was like, "Yeah, I'm not even going to try to put that on them." That's, I mean, and, some... and and reframe reframe what I just said to add to that context that you gave me. Um, you know, there have been a lot of gameplay mechanics that just couldn't be fleshed out to be interesting in previous gens that ended up being fleshed out later on. I can't think of any of those at the moment, but I promise you that has happened. So yeah, I don't know. Something about that initial art style too was really unsettling to me the way that um i don't don't know what it was about that first gameplay trailer where he's cutting through soldiers like butter like they're not even there there's something about the original metal gear solid rising compared to to revengeance there is a difference in the way he was cutting through enemies and something about that original one just made me sick to my stomach to look at i don't know what it was it just no i don't blame you at all Something was was you know wrong yeah. about that, <laughs> um, right. and then was, and then uh, when Platinum got a hold of it, it it took on sort of a comical tone in a way, even right, though exactly. it was just as smooth. Something about it changed, and it didn't give me that feeling. Someone was talking about that. I think it was uh, one of the devs on uh, the Doom Eternal, where they were kind of saying like, we kind of made it like cartoony, like when you uh, when you pop the eyeball out, it makes like a little like a little pop sound, which um, I hate. Because yeah. it's the same sound every single <laughs> time, it's and like you the, hear it. Yeah, it does get old. But it's they weren't going for the realistic, like uh, Mortal Kombat X-ray level uh, of, of grossness. <laughs> Just where you're gruesome, like, oh, grotesque, God, right? Sickening, yeah. bone crunching. Yeah, my something spine. about that Metal Gear Solid Rising, man. It was just too too visceral. You know, it was it. Right. Uh, just ugh. yeah. I think we can tie that question in uh, to one of these other questions that we got from uh, on Twitter. He's at the underscore the gooch. Um, <laughs> he said, why oh, do you before think that? Okay. I just wanted to uh, hats off to Salty Swede for sparking a, a, yeah, a very interesting shout out. conversation. Uh, yeah, go right ahead. He said, uh, why do you think Konami hasn't made current gen ports of all the MGS games? Not even talking remasters, just simple ports. It seems silly they don't have a beloved franchise such as MGS available all in one place, all Resident Evil or Kingdom Hearts. What? Okay. Thanks. Love the show. Anthony Raguchi. Appreciate the question. Yeah. Right. I think you meant like, like Kingdom Hearts or... Yeah, that's... Or, yeah, I was just a typo. Okay. I yeah, just got confused myself. you can essentially there. buy one game and have every single Kingdom Hearts game on it. Yeah. Yeah. Which but is you crazy can't do to that for Resident Evil. No, but you can get close. Yeah. yeah, and PS3 is the place to be if you uh, want to play MGS and all of the uh, versions, pretty much. You know, right? I I've got a theory, but I don't. It's just a, it's just a feeling. I don't have any evidence to support it. It's just my gut. Okay. 
feeling about this. Um, Metal Gear, uh, throughout Kojima's career, he sort of became the gatekeeper of that franchise. You know, there were there were certain things that he would allow for it, and certain things he wouldn't allow for it. So, like, even even the 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 more gaudy aspects of the franchise that would manifest from time to time, like you know, Mountain Dew and Axe body spray and Doritos and all that crap in Portable or in uh, Peace Walker, like that was very clearly done his way and and not someone else's way, right? Like he he functions as the gatekeeper, and and I feel like. I don't know if I'm putting this very well, but without him, that element of having a gatekeeper is gone, and there's not really anyone saying we should do this or we should do that anymore. Like obviously, Corikado has taken over uh, essentially that that role of being the the gatekeeper for Metal Gear. But I wonder if there have been all of these mechanisms in place for so long uh, that said what isn't isn't metal gear what it should and should not do that maybe they're still in the process of unraveling all of that and figuring out what they want to do with this franchise from here on out like maybe they haven't quite answered that question yet well that's not even this question the question is why why do you think konami hasn't made current gen ports right so yes you can play most of the games on ps3 but it's the same reason why capcom hasn't put Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, Code Veronica on PS4 or Xbox One is because it's not necessary. If you want to play it that bad, well, get a PS3. Well, it is an answer to that question. It is an answer to that question because I just, I, I'm saying maybe as crazy as it sounds, because you have to think about this in terms of being someone in a large machine that is making yeah. products, maybe the answer is as simple as the thought just hasn't occurred to them in a realistic sense yet. Okay. Well, the fans have been screaming for it for a long time, for sure. Right. Look right. But there's a lot to, with Silent Hill. There's a lot to balance there. You know, it's yeah. it's just possible that they're like, okay, well, you know, we are getting like a million things thrown at us. What do we, you know, what do we do? And two, with the controller, uh, I know there's some issues with that, like just the like button sensitivity with uh, the face buttons yeah. on PS3. Like, yeah. like playing Snake Eater would be tricky, but. God, there's got to be a way to use the touchpad or something. Something like you know, like there has to be a solution to that simple problem. But well, on the Vita, you would just press down on the D-pad to lower the gun. But when it comes to like CQC sensitivity, that's yeah, exactly. That's what I'm talking about. The CQC was, and that was going to be my answer. Well, kind of partially, and that you know, again, looking at this from a sterile software development at a corporation perspective, that. You know, some accountant just did the math and determined that right now, it could be different in the future, but right now, um, the cost that it would take to port these these functions in these games and try to port both the, the code and the, you know, those specific, like, functionalities to a current gen or next gen, it's just not worth the cost or wouldn't be covered by the demand, you know, despite the fact that the demand is so high. It, it, they just don't see the the books just don't check out. That's that's pretty much the only answer and I can think of. That sort of number crunching, by the way, is why I think Metal Gear Solid Four hasn't been ported. Um, not because of what people typically say, which is that oh, it was a, it was made for the cell processor and it was using the PS3 so much harder than any other game. And like, yes, it was developed you know in a, in a very directed way for that system specifically, but there are tools that Sony has for porting over cell games. Um, there is already an x86 
version of the Metal Gear Solid 4 engine. It was used for Metal Gear Arcade, so it it already runs natively in Windows. Essentially, right. you would have to remake the whole game, but like these these games are usually built for PC and then and then worked into I don't know enough about the process to speak with any sort of authority on it, but what I do understand is that it's not as crazy impossible as a lot of fans say it is. You know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um the the thing that I believe is probably going to hold them back are all the licenses. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Good <laughs> because point. I didn't even think about that. We're talking all the gun licenses Apple. Too. We're talking like, regained. Yeah, yeah, we're talking what like 60 plus weapons that are all real world. They right. all want that check. <clears throat> yep. Damn. I bet and that's plus you've got all point. the Sony branding in the game. So if they take it multi-platform, that's going to have to be adjusted as well. What are you going to do about Otacon's, oh, we're on PlayStation 3 line. You're going to have to re-record that, so that's paying voice act. I mean, the logistics of porting that game. Uh, they can use Cameo. It's yeah, 20 right. bucks. It's whatever. Whatever you fucking charge. <laughs> no, they would cut it. That's that's kind of what I'm saying, is those those specific logistics. It's a logistics thing. You know, it's it's they don't, they've determined that it's not worth the opportunity cost and the actual cost to, to update that, as much as we would love it. Maybe someday. I think as the PS4 is getting towards the the kind of end of its cycle though like if we were to see it on this like it, it would be you know in the next couple of years or something where we would hear something at least like do like what the hd collection was like don't worry about four but get you know one two and three out there look get their peace people. walker tony rags uh this is for you gooch look you'll get all the mgs games on current gen consoles when you get all the Resident Evil games on current gen consoles. Uh, but the thing is, just like what happened with Silent Hill, you can't remaster or re-release the the previous games because it's going to create all this buzz that Konami's making games again and that's going to, you know, that's going to mess with their their stockholders, you know, because they they have promises to their stockholders that they're not going to make games and you know they're going to focus on making profits. So if now if all the the Twitterverse is a buzz saying Konami is going to make another Metal Gear, then their stock price is going to it's going to fluctuate and you know they don't want to take that risk. So that's I'm why not, uh, I'm not sure if you're being facetious or not. How would I be being facetious? It's no because seriously, they never what, they never actually said they were going to stop making games. They just said they were going to shift somewhat more in a different direction. They're not completely abandoning AAA games development. But I will say, I think you did touch on something, which is that to to release like the Legacy Collection on PS4 right now might not be a smart thing to do if they don't have any other games on the horizon, because that seems like the kind of thing you would want to do to build hype for something that's coming up. So that may be part of a larger strategy at some point rather than just a thing they put out to make money with. Yeah, could be. But MGS5 was how long ago? Five years? And we've seen nothing from them since? I'm afraid it's been five years. (laughs) Yeah. I just, well, that's why I said I just think they they lost their auteur. There's nobody that has like a clear vision moving forward. And they're trying to figure out what they want to do with this thing. And I think they also realize they always have that in their pocket, too. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah. We, uh, of course we can. Yeah, it's like somebody announcing that, like, in the meeting room. They're like, shut up, John. We know. Like, uh, we know we can release it again. But right now we're going to do this other stuff. And that's I, I kind of like to see this, like, shift as, like, a fundraising thing for doing cool shit in the future. I'm <laughs> being super 
uh, positive again. But that's that's kind of what I hope they're doing is like they're trying to make some money so they can do some some of these bigger uh, AAA games. I can't help it. I'm an optimist. It's it's just how I think. Hmm. Yeah. Well, um, look, great question, Gooch. the The answer is it's complicated. It's complicated, yeah. and we don't know. <laughs> But we do, uh, it sounds like we're all in favor for it, so Konami, uh, be a whole lot cooler if you did on PS4. Put it on PC. You just, you really don't need it on Xbox either, just like, <laughs> don't don't worry about that, just, just PS4 is fine. PC. <laughs> yeah, put them on Steam if you want. Yeah, throw it on PC for the mod community, we can do that. 